can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we thank you indeed for your word. It's always a lamp unto our feet. It's always a light unto our path. And so, Father, we thank you today for your word. And as I step back, I thank you for the Spirit of God stepping up to breathe afresh on your word. And breathe afresh, Father, on me. And I thank you in advance for signs, miracles, and wonders following our lives as a result of your word. And I pray today, Father, that this word will solidify us in faith and help us to know without a doubt that if you are for us, who can be against us? In Jesus' name I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. As we end 2017, it's time for us to reset, recalibrate, and reposition ourselves for 2018. Everybody say reset, recalibrate, and reposition. Amen. We're declaring for 2018 to be a year of finishing strong. And in order to finish strong, we must start our year in faith and then we must end our year in faith. And as we do, I can see God doing some things. And so over the course of this week, I want you to go back and listen to this message because it has prophetic utterances to it. And you're going to hear and see God do some things that he's already got designed for your life in 2018. And one of the things that I see is that God is going to be celebrating or accelerating the manifestation of his public promises in your life. But also his personal promises for your life. Let me say that again. God is going to be accelerating the manifestation of his public promises for your life. And then also his personal promises for your life. You see, there are some blessings that will come because of your planting, your commitment, your connection, and your participation in the house of God. Amen. The children of Israel experienced the freedom from bondage and the manifestation of the promised land. And they did that together. Everybody say together. They experienced that promised land together as a group. It was those who stayed stayed in faith, you know, Caleb and Joshua, who actually experienced what that uh, promised land looked like. But then you have personal blessings. Everybody say personal blessings. Amen. And this is where God has given us some personal promises that he wants to perform in our lives for 2018. And God is saying to us, there will be so much manifestation of blessings, favor and goodness in our lives that it is going to draw others to him. 
He says, my hand and my favor will be so strong in your life in 2018 that it will be like a magnet attracting those who need me. It will also attract those who know me but need to commit to me at a higher level. What they will see in your life will encourage them to seek me and draw closer to me than they ever have. What you saw, the Lord says, in times past as delays, you will now see as my timing. Things that look like it was going to be bad has already been orchestrated by me, says the Lord, to work together for your good. If you will stay in faith for 2018, you will see incredible things happen. Things, the Lord says, that only I could do. And when you see them, you will say, this is the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in my eyes. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap for just that right there. What God is getting ready to do are things you could not have done on your own. Walking by faith does not mean achieving things that you could have done without God. The world can do that. Walking by faith means that you are not only believing, but you're achieving some things that it only took God's power and his ability in your life for you to do it. Now, if you have your Bibles, I want you to find Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews 11, and then I want you to find verses 1, and then we're going to go to Hebrews 11 verses 32. That was Hebrews 11, 1, and then Hebrews 11, 32. Now, I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again until it runs out of your ears. Because I need to continue to remind you that there's a foundational truth. Say foundational truth. There's a foundational truth. And it's this, that God's word is made up of principles, protocol, and promises. Everybody say principles, protocol, and promises. And the principle is what God wants us to do. In other words, when you read God's word and there's, a, there's something that he's asking you to do, that's a principle. And then on top of the principle, there is the protocol. Say protocol. And this is how or the way God wants us to do something. For example, when the children of Israel were told to go march around the the wall of Jericho, God gave them specific instructions or he gave them the protocol in which he wanted them to do that. And then he says, at the end, I want you to shout. He wanted them to be quiet in all the laps. But then in the last one, he says, I want you to give a shout. Everybody say that's protocol. And then, of course, after the protocol of us doing what he wanted us to do, then we will see the promises or the rewards that we will receive from obeying his protocol. And this is important because when you and I choose, when we live a life of faith, we are living a life of principle. Say principle. Here's the thing. When we choose to live a principled life, we can expect to experience a predictable life. Now, I'm going to rewind that one because I need some of y'all to get that. Okay, let's try that one again because I need you to get it. When we choose to live a principled life, we can expect to experience a predictable life. See, you and I have two ways that we can live. We can choose to live a life that is full of emotionalism, full of fear and uncertainty, or we can choose to live a life of faith That is a predictable life. And most people don't live a predictable life. They live a life that is full of emotions and full of fear and full of uncertainty. And listen, you can wipe out uncertainty if you will just make a decision to live a principled life. 
See, the principle of law, or the we call it the law, or the principle of gravity, it helps us to predict that what goes up is going to what? It's going to come down. The principle of the law of increase says that whatever is sown is also eventually going to be reaped. Now, here's the part that we don't get. It doesn't necessarily tell us how long it's going to take for that seed to harvest. And nor does it tell us uh, when it's going to happen. But if we print some strawberry seeds in the ground, eventually, you know, what can be predicted? Strawberries. This is predictable. Amen. And living by faith is the same way. It is predictable and can help us live a life of surety and consistency if we will exercise it. In other words, what I'm saying to you, you can get off the bandwagon of unsurety in life if you will decide to live a principled life. And a principled life is a life of faith. Amen. And if you're taking notes this morning, I'm talking about faith for the new year. Faith for the new year. Amen. Now, let me just put this out here. If, if we were to think in the mindset of a, an Olympian uh, track runner, typically they'll tell you how you start a race will pretty much determine how you end the race. In other words, if you start pretty strong, Chances are you have a chance of winning at the end. And, or if your start is poor, then your end may be poor as well. Well, I believe in 2018, we must begin the year strong for us to end the year strong. And the only way to start strong is we must have a foundation of faith to, to work with. So go to Hebrews chapter 11 because I'm going to teach you now foundation That can change your life. See, this is what uh, I wish people knew when they first got saved. Because we're told by the word to live by faith. Well, people don't know what that means. Let me just put it like this. If God wants us to live by faith, then that means faith must be available for me to live by 24 hours a day. Are you with me? Okay, and so for us to live by faith, we have to know what faith is. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, and faith is the evidence of things not seen. The NIRV version says this, Faith is being sure of what we hope for, and faith is certain of what we do not see. That sounds predictable to me. He's saying faith is being sure of what we hope for. And it's the evidence or knowing what we don't see. I love the Amplified Version. This is what it says. Now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for being the proof. Say proof. Being the proof of things we do not see. And it's the conviction of their reality. Faith is perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Another way of saying it is that faith is the title deed to what you and I desire. And faith is the proof of what that, of making that desire real. In other words, let me give you a real example. Uh, you know, after my last car got stolen... And I end up purchasing the car that I have from my pastor's wife. Before I purchased the vehicle, she allowed me to test drive it for a week. When she found out I liked it, she says, Evan, do you like the car? I said, ooh, I love the car. She said, well, uh, she said, well, take it with you. 
And uh, when you want to get it, let me know. So let me tell you what she did. She got all the keys. She went and got the title of the car because they owned it outright. The title of the car signed the title over to me. Both of them signed the title over, gave me the title and said, when you work it out, let us know. Now, let me ask you a question. Whose car was it before they signed the title over to me? It was their car. But the moment they signed that title over to me, even though I had not gone through the process to give them some money, once they signed that title over, what, watch this, what I desired was mine, even though I hadn't gone through the process to get it. And that's what faith is. Faith is the deed. It is the piece of paper. It is proof that what you want from God not only exists, but it is yours if you'll stand in faith and get it. Amen. And in order for you and I to obtain God's promises for our lives, we must obtain them by faith. And I'm going to explain. Go to Hebrews 11. Let's go in verse 32. Hebrews 11:32. I'm going to ask them to put this verse on the screen. Uh, so many believers live by emotion. That's why we, we cry when things don't go right. There's nothing wrong with crying. Nothing. But I tell you what, after you finish, you're going to have to live by faith. And the average person, because emotions are so familiar to us, we'd rather cry didn't stand. And so because that doesn't, you know, standing is, uh, we want other people to stand for us. So that's why we give them our prayer requests. Girl, will you pray for me about this? Man, will you pray for me about this? What we're saying is, can you stand? Because I don't feel like it. Anyway, here we go. <laughs> that didn't go over well, did it? Okay, so watch this now, because here's my point. My point is, you and I, if we're going to obtain the promises of God, we're going to have to learn to obtain them by faith. Watch what it says. And what shall we say the more? For the time would fail me to talk about Gideon. And to talk about who? Barak. And to talk about Samson, who's the strong man in the Bible, and of Jephthah, and then of David also, and Samuel, and all the prophets. And watch what he says in verse 33. Who through faith, who through faith, all of these people that they just named, through faith that they obtained or subtained or subdued kingdoms, and by faith they brought about righteousness. But watch this one now. By faith they also did what? Come on, class. They did what? They obtained the promises of God by faith. And if you and I are going to walk in the manifested promises of God, we're going to have to obtain them by faith. Amen. Let me help you get a handle on this faith thing. It's through faith. Let me watch this now. It's through faith we understand God's way of doing things, but it is by faith that we do it. I'm going to say that again. It is through faith we understand God's way of doing things. Everybody say through faith. Now go to Hebrews 11. Look at verse 3. Hebrews 11 verse 3. See, it's through faith that you understand how God functions. If you do not look through the lenses of faith, when it comes to God asking you to do something, then you will default to your flesh. 
See, the default of faith, of faith is flesh. And so when people don't look through the eyes of faith, all they see is flesh efforts. Well, how am I going to do that? Well, how am I, you know, God's telling some of you ought to go back to school in 2018. And your question to God was, how am I going to do that? You are looking through the eyes of flesh. So notice what he says now in uh, verse 3. It said, verse 2, for by it, through faith, the elders obtained a good report. Watch this now. Through faith, we what? Come on, class. Through faith, we what? Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. In other words, it's through faith you and I understand God's way of doing things. If you try to understand God's way of doing things through just futile thinking and analyzing, you won't get it. That's why a lot of people don't obey God. Because they can't calculate the end result. Everybody say years ago. Years ago. I'm sitting in my, uh, I'm at Jamaica. It was 1993 or so. And the Lord tells me, Evan, I want you to be a pastor one day. I said, okay, that's fine. Because he wasn't asking me to do it right then and there. I was fine with that. Because if it don't cost us nothing right now, it really don't bother us. He said, I want you to be a pastor one day. I said, okay, one day, one day, one day, Lord. That's 1993 or so. 2005 rolls around. Eben, I want you to be a pastor now. I want you to do it. Right now, Lord? Right now, Eben. What you want me to do about my job, Lord? I want you to quit it. Hello? Hello? Quit it? I want you to quit your job, Evan. Okay. Um, what about Sarah? Can she work? No, she can't work either. Okay. Uh, who's going to work, Lord? Because statistics or flesh, because you have a choice to live by faith or to live by the flesh. The flesh says, and the flesh always looks at the statistics and all the different facts that are out there in the earth realm. And the facts today even say that almost seven out of ten pastors are bivocational. In other words, if you see a pastor, if you line ten of them up, seven of them have to work two jobs to be a pastor. Only three of them do pastoring full time. And God is asking me to do something that defies the statistics. And the only way you and I will receive what God is saying is that we understand it through faith. Everybody say through faith. So guess what? I get started and we start and there are 22 people that start. And almost half of them were relatives in some way. How many know relatives can really, really help you and hurt you at the same time, you know? But, uh, you know, I mean, it, it was a blessing, you know? So, But it was 22 of us. Now, when I started and he told me not to work, all y'all weren't here. In other words, look around you. Is it more than 22 people in here? Okay, now I could have said, well, Lord, I tell you what, you bring the people's and I do the pastoring. That's not how it works. Because anytime, watch this now, you make outside provision what your standard ought to be, that's the only way you're going to walk by faith is if everything's on the outside is okay. No, I trusted God and I still trust God. Can I get an amen? amen? 
It's through faith we understand. But watch this though. It's when we do it because he says, watch this now. Through faith we understand the words are framed by the word of God. And it's not just through faith now we understand. It's now I have to now do this thing. Now that's where the rubber hits the road. When you and I have to now do. And that's what's called living by faith. See, if you go and read the whole book of Hebrews, it says, by faith, so-and-so did this. By faith, so-and-so did this. By faith, so-and-so did this. What that means? That means they first understood through faith, and then they started doing it by faith. And when you and I get a word from God, we understand it through the eyes of faith, but then we got to start now doing it by faith. Can I get an amen? And see, there are some things that God requires of us, and then there are some things that God desires for us. There are some things that God requires of us, and then there are some things that God desires from from us. And if we try to understand what God requires from this reasoning, from this logic, from this faculty of perception uh, standpoint, we will miss it. And I'm going to tell you something. God is a God of faith, and he does not have to step outside of that faith world to prove anything to you. Amen. Amen. Remember, uh, the, the, the devil came to Jesus and said, you know what? If you be the son of God, if you, if you, if you be the son of God, then uh, make those stones into bread. Now, let me ask you a question. Could Jesus have done that? Yes, he could have. Why was it a temptation? Because people say, that's not a real temptation. Well, it's a temptation if you've been fasting for 40 days. I mean, it's a temptation to eat a scorpion live if you've been, you know. All you got to do is watch the show Naked and Afraid and they'll tell you right there. Just, you'll eat anything that's moving. It was in temptation because he was hungry. But let me tell you the bigger temptation. The bigger temptation had nothing to do with how hungry he was. It had all to do with the, the ability that he had to do it but wasn't supposed to. Amen. Him making that bread in the stone, all he would have been doing, watch this, is proving something to the devil when he didn't have to. Let me tell you what the devil was doing. He was trying to get Jesus to prove he was the son of God. You got to, if you go back and read before that, it said that John came and baptized Jesus. And the Bible says when he put Jesus in the water, he came up. The Bible says the spirit of God came down and descended on him like a dove. And the Bible says, the voice of the Lord says, and this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear you him. In other words, now, right after John baptized him, the voice came. John heard the voice. Jesus heard the voice. And I don't know who else heard it, but it was loud enough for John and Jesus to hear it. They heard a voice saying, this is my beloved son. So now the devil wants to now try to get Jesus to not believe what God had said. And that's what he wants us to do. When God speaks to us, he wants you to not believe what God has said. And that's why, listen, turning that bread into that stone into bread was a temptation. Why? Because what he was really trying to get Jesus to do was to prove whether or not he was the son of God. But you don't have to prove who you are. Amen. And when you and I see through the eyes of faith, we also can say through the eyes of faith. And watch this. Faith only exists where the word is spoken. Faith only exists where the word is spoken. That's why you got to get around the word. You got to get in the word. You got to get around the word. Let me hurry up here. So uh, uh, go to Hebrews 11. We're going to look in verse 7. Hebrews 11, 7. Remember I said through faith we understand and by faith we move. I love uh, Hebrews 11, 7 because it says by faith Noah. 
being one of God of things not seen moved. I'd like to read that verse like this. By faith, Noah moved. You cannot say you are in faith and not moving. You say, well, pastor, God hadn't said anything to me yet. That's fine. Can you pray? I mean, praying is doing something, right? It said, by faith being Noah, by faith Noah being warned of God of things not seen, he moved with fear and he prepared the ark. Watch the amplified version of 11, Hebrews 11, 7. It says, prompted by faith, Noah being forewarned by God concerning events which had yet there was no visible signs. He took heed and diligently and reverently constructed and prepared an ark for the deliverance of his own family. Noah moved even though Noah did not know what was coming. So in order to live by faith in 2018, I have four things that I want to get you to do. Here's the four things you got to do in order to live in faith in 2018. Here's number one, and it's the word plan, P-L-A-N. So you'll be able to remember the points because it's plan. Here's the first one, which is P. You must plan to live by faith. You must plan to live by faith. I mean, you plan to live every other way. You might as well plan to live by faith. Well, how do you do that, Pastor? Here's number one. You must make the decision now to live by faith or you will fall into your old habits later. You must make the decision today to live by faith. I'm not going to wait till, okay, I'll wait till next Sunday. It's Faith 102. If you ain't heard that, if you don't have that, you need to get that. Because I'm going to tell you something. Listen, when you learn how to walk by faith, stuff don't bother you no more. Amen. Listen to some faith teaching. It don't have to be me, but, but why not be me? Praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm humble too at it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Listen to some faith teaching every day. Create a faith confession that will keep your mouth and your heart on the same page as the word. Everybody say, this is practical. Listen to what I'm saying. Create a faith confession that will keep your mouth and your heart on the same page as the word. Because pressure is what determines what's on the inside of you. So if you put enough of the word on the inside, when pressure comes, if the word got in, the word will come out. But if pressure comes and the word have not been in, you know what's going to come out? Some of those four letter words that you didn't put in there. Here's number three. Read faith material that will encourage you to live by faith. Read faith material. Here's, here's the, the last letter in because I got to close right here. Never settle for mediocrity. When you're walking by faith, never settle for mediocrity. Expect the best from yourself. Amen. If you mess up, fess up, don't just cave in and quit altogether. And the devil, he's an accuser of the brethren. He's waiting on you to mess up. And all he's wanting you to do is mess up one time. And all he's going to try to do is try to get you to not start over again. Oh, you know you missed one tie, girl. You just might as well don't even do it. Just don't. You know the Lord, he, he cursed you anyway. This is the devil now. He cursed you anyway. You know it says he curses you. So you missed that tide. Yeah, you know, so you, girl, just, you already cursed. So just, just, it's, it's okay. This is the devil talking to you. He's just trying to get you to watch this. Not fess up and get up. Amen. So here are two things as I close that you and I must change. See, I just told you four things you got to do 
But now who, here are two things that you got to change to live by faith. Because many people, they live by how they feel. They live based on what happened to them yesterday. They live based on the emotions of past hurts from people. They live in yesterday's Hall of Fame moments. So here are two things you and I must do to change to successfully live by faith. Here's the first one. We must restart. And here's number two. We must reset. Everybody say restart and reset. And if you write down Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 through 14, I think it kind of summarizes those two words, restart and reset. I'm going to read it. It says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Everybody say one thing. This one thing that I do, forgetting, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching to the things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. What Paul is saying, in order to succeed in 2018, we must forget and we must press. Everybody say, I must forget and I must press. Amen. And I don't think it's always the bad things you and I need to forget. I think sometimes we need to let go of some of the successes that we have encountered. Because sometimes what holds us back from succeeding at the next level is the comfort level and the victories that we've had at the previous level. See, that's what happened to David. David, watch this now. He ended up now having men to fight for him. And so instead of now going out to battle like he normally would, he allowed the men to fight for him. And the next thing you know, he ended up having an affair with Bathsheba. Well, had he been at war, had he not gotten comfortable, and some of you are satisfied with making thousands when God has millions on his mind. Let me tell you what God told me to tell you. And I know this is going to be taken wrong, but I don't care. You know why I don't care? Because if I can see some cognac in the spirit, I can see this. You see, how many know about the cognac? Let me see you about the cognac. Okay, how many don't know about the cognac? Let me tell you about your hand. If you don't know about it, raise your hand. Okay, y'all enough know about it, so I won't have to say it. If you've seen their hand, just tell them after service. Okay, but listen, this is what the Lord told me. He says, tell Word of Truth Family Church. He says, they're used to handling thousands and hundreds of thousands. He says, but I'm ready for them to handle millions and multi-millions. See, I hear some of y'all saying, well, pastor, how that going to happen? Don't worry about it. Amen. Listen, sometimes we have to restart. Say restart. Restart or begin again or remove quitting or install some new habits or add some extra things into your life. Because, see, restarting, think about it like this. Have you ever been on, uh, in, on a computer and you're using a certain application and for some reason it freezes? The computer doesn't freeze, just that application. So sometimes what you have to do is you have to restart. You just close that that application. Maybe it was Word. You just close it. And then you go back and find the icon and you open it back up again. And now, watch this. That application is fully functional as if nothing had happened. And that's what some of you all are going to have to do before you go into 2018. You're going to have to restart 2017. Just restart. If I say restart. And restart is just adding some things. If the file got bad, 
add another one. If you need to improve your life, some hardware when you add on your computer aids you in your... Listen, now because I talk so much, I have a talking software. So instead of typing everything, because I'm not the best typer, I have a spoken. So now, because most of what I preach is verbatim. So if I just say it, now that has aided me. And so there are some things that you need to do to restart. Everybody say restart. But then some of y'all need to do some resetting. Resetting requires things like forgiving. You ever had your computer to freeze and you had to shut it all the way down? In fact, you couldn't even shut it down. You just had to hold that off button. Just hold it down. If you had something on there, you, you, you didn't save it, lost. Hold that button down. What happens? The whole computer shuts down. And then what do you have to do? You have to reset it. Here's the thing. If there is no resetting, there will be no forgetting. Paul said, forget those things which are behind. You can't forget if you don't reset And some of you all, you're still dealing with hurts, still dealing with some pain, still dealing with some issues. Things didn't work out like you thought they were in 2017. Maybe the relationship you were in didn't pan out the way you wanted it. Maybe that job or business venture didn't work out for you. Maybe you're waiting on an apologies from somebody who know that they hurt you. Maybe you got so spiritually off in 2017 that you made some horrible choices and decisions and now you are reaping some consequences from bad decisions. And in your mind you think, wow, God, what do I need to do? Just reset. And there are some people in the room today that need to reset. Let me tell you why. Whatever God has on his mind for you, is much bigger than you holding that person hostage who didn't forgive you. God is now waiting on you. There's some things that happened to you in 2017 that you did not anticipate. You didn't expect to get laid off. And the very person who could have kept you at the job was your friend who stabbed you in the back and said, oh, they don't, lay her off. You didn't expect that relationship to end the way it did. You didn't expect that. You didn't expect to go through a crisis and reach out to your family members and none of them would help you, even though you, I'm talking to somebody right now, you helped a whole lot of your family and you ran into a crisis in 2017 and none of them would help you, even though they may have had the ability you got to let them go. Because see, they're not Jehovah Jireh. He is. With every head bowed. There are some people that need to restart. Just need to add some things. I need to get some spiritual disciplines in my life. I need to reorganize myself. I need to keep God first in my life. I need to... uh, Get a faith regimen in my life that will help me stay in faith. And then there are some that need to reset, need to let some people go.
need to let some situations go. Need to redefine some relationships. I don't know who you are. But I know I'm talking to some people today. So every head bow. Father, thank you for your word. Paul said, forget those things which are behind. And press toward those things which are before. Father, we can't press toward the mark until we have let go of some things that are hindering us. And so I don't know who you are today. But if you know there's some things in the past, I, I, I need to reset. I need to let go of some things for 2007. I'm going to let them go and I'm not going to let them hinder me no more. If the devil tries to remind me in 2018 of what happened in 2017, I'm going to remind him that God's future for me is bright. The plans that he has for me are good and not evil. Plans to give me an expected end. But if you're here and you say, Pastor I don't want to leave 2017 without letting go of some things. I'm just going to pray for you right there at your seat. Just raise your hand and say, there are some things I need to drop, Pastor. There are some things I need to drop, and I'm going to drop them. Today is going to be the day I drop. Right there. Amen. I see all the hands up. Father, in Jesus' name, those who have their hands up. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that the hand of God will reach down to what's in their hand and remove from them the things that have been hindering them. Father, it's by faith we release it. And so we give it to you right now in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you that there is no weapon that is formed against those who have their hands up will prosper. And Father, that thing which has, has hindered them, that thing which has hurt them, that thing which caught them in the blind side, Lord, I thank you. That you are our rear guard, you are our front guard, you are our side guard. You are our protector. And in Jesus' name, I declare now that 2018 will be a strong year, will be a finishing year, will be a faith year. In Jesus' name. You can put your hands down. If you're here today, I have a question. If you died, are you 100% sure you...